All right, Jonathan, welcome back to another one. Rory, how's things? How are you? All good, thanks. How are you? I'm trying to get the sun out of my eyes. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. It's a good, yeah, pro- well. good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luckily, I went out on a Friday night. And uh, when you get to my age, it takes at least two days to get over a hangover. So <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling good now. Yeah, two working days now. <laughs> Minimum. You know, like, yeah. I can't go out on a Saturday anymore. What is it? Right off. Yeah. But it's if, if 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 you times times the hangover days by by twenty, you get your age. Is that <laughs> right? <something>. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. You just show me so, age now. Yeah, there's some there's something like that, but yeah, <laughs> don't know how I, don't know how accurate it is. <laughs> it's logical. Yeah. Um, so let's have a quick look at the markets, buddy. Um, obviously, in our last Monday's one, you know, I suppose the previous week to that, we were kind of a bit of a a dead week really and we're kind of waiting for some volatility to come into the market and we saw that happen mm-hmm. uh last week um especially to the the back end of the week we saw you know obviously quite a lot of movement um and then we should expect to see a decent week ahead now obviously with fomc and uh obviously bank of england's interest rates as well so we should see a potential i suppose continuation of of certain trends or maybe even a break of these trends as well at this point mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I think it's getting to the stage now where a lot of um, investors are saying we're definitely coming to peak rates. You know, I mean, Goldman Sachs. You know, they've come out and says that this September, you know, the the uh, rate hike from the Bank of England that will be the last. A lot of people are also saying there's no more uh, rate hikes priced in for the Fed. ECB have also um, came out and said that they're pretty much done with it. But the problem is inflation levels are still quite high. You know, yeah. for them for them to say that with the tight yeah. tight labor market, we're also seeing oil prices increase as well. Um, y- you know, in, in, in the August report there for CPI, which we'll get on to in a minute, usually um oil prices were sort of down around 20% year over year, 15%, yeah. you know, high teens, low 20s. They're now only down by around 3%. So we're going to probably expect when we see September CPI report in October, we're probably going to start to see oil prices and energy prices actually positive again, you know. But we'll get on to oil and things like that when we uh, discuss it. Sure, I suppose we, as we always do, let's have a look at Dixie to start with. It's kind of flatlining at the moment. Yeah, I mean, pretty much flatline. It's um, broke well above that 105 level now, you know, sort of Thursday yeah. and Friday there, cleared it above that 105. Um, we're probably not going to see anything really, Jonathan, until Wednesday, you know, I'd say until FOMC comes out. I mean, that's going to be the big one of the week. You know, a lot of, a lot rests on that. Um, you know, I've shared a few things in the app over the weekend, especially of, you know, certain scenarios that could play out if we're seeing the FOMC um, being a bit dovish, whether they're being a bit hawkish. And, you know, things like that. And some of the things we'll be looking out for is the inflation outlook, the growth outlook, interest rates as well as maybe even quantitative uh, tightening. But I don't think that will really come into effect um, too much. I think Raj also posted something on the app as well about uh, dot plots. So we'll be looking to see really how they've been changed from the previous um, meeting and see if those are going to be revised up or revised down. Because if they're being revised up, then we could probably expect a bit of strength in the Dixie. And if they're revised down, then obviously expect a bit of weakness. Sure, foresight, huh? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I mean, you know, I also I also shared something, you know, quite positive there in the app yes, yesterday. I think it was about Aussie dollar, and you know, if you're able to predict interest rates, you can just see how the um the interest rate of the RBA and the and the Fed just literally move in a mirror image of the price yeah. of AUD, you know, of Aussie dollar. And if you yeah. can predict, if you can predict these things and you know what's happening, you know, you, you're you're going to do really well in markets. Sure, absolutely. It's crystal ball stuff. Yeah. Um, so look, I mean, just 
we know Dixie's been in that kind of two month uptrend now, obviously looking to try to get to that kind of 106 level. Um, we've kind of mapped this out all the way back from kind of, you know, that 100 level. Mm-hmm. Um, I still pretty confident we can get to that 106, but again, obviously it's, it's completely dependent on, um, you know, what comes out on, on Wednesday in the FOMC, but, uh, you know, you said it just before the podcast, really, you know, if we do get that interest rate hike, you know, it, it's, it's going to fly, you know, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're we're not expecting too much, really. I don't think we're expecting an interest rate, you know, yeah. like we're not expecting twenty five. But I think really what we're looking for them is is to sort of come out and maybe change the inflation outlook. And you know, the sort of inflation outlook we're looking at now is, you know, they're, they're highly attentive and that there's inflation risks, but yet they're still committed to, you know, the two percent. But if we've seen so something that tell, was hot, tell me the downside to that. Yeah, so tell me exactly what you think would really have a negative effect on a dollar. Well, probably a, neg- a negative effect on the dollar would be something saying that inflation's shown encouraging signs and, and looking to return down to prof- uh, down to targets of 2%. Right. But again, I don't think they're going to come out and say something like that. I mean, two months in a row now, you know, we've seen July and August was obviously higher than, than previous. So I don't yeah. think they could say anything like that. Something that might also be dovish is, you know, them saying inflation's unacceptably high, but upside risks are moderating. You know, again, yeah. that would also be um, on the dovish side. But again, you could look at something on the on the extreme hawkish side and saying that inflation is unacceptably high with risks weighted to the upside. And that would then probably put a very hawkish stance on it. You'd see dollar fly and maybe even the potential of a few interest rate hikes then being priced into the market. Sure. So we're both kind of somewhat bullish um, coming up, leading up to FOMC anyway. Yeah, I think so, definitely. You know, and then they're, they're obviously as well going to talk about growth outlook as well. You know, um, if, if they start saying anything about, you know, the outlook for growth is moderating or, you know, a period of trend growth is needing to bring inflation down again, that's going to be dovish. But if they say that they need a sustained period of, you know, trend growth, below trend growth to bring inflation down, then again, that's going to be on the hawkish side. So kind of looking at their inflation outlook, their growth outlook, as well as even their interest rates outlook as well. So those are going to be the three main factors that we um we kind of focus on with them. Yeah, 100%. Let's have a look at a couple of the crosses. And I guess we'll leave maybe pound dollar to last because obviously with the interest rate um, coming up as well and interest rate decision coming up on Thursday. Yeah, mm-hmm. Thursday. Um, but I suppose quickly looking at euro dollar again, we've seen that two month uptrend in the dollar and we've seen that two month downtrend in euro dollar. Um, and, you know, it's, it's again, we're seeing that flat line. Um, that flatline level now kind of price stop between coming kind of somewhere around the 106.70 and the kind of 106.50 kind of level, 55 level. Um, again, you know, markets always do this leading up to big events. We see people just sitting on the fence at this stage, you know, waiting for the, the news to come out. And, yeah. but, you know, for me personally, I think, you know, to the upside, uh, we've certainly got that kind of 107 level um, as the first barrier for any, any upside trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um and again, like I say, if going on the back, we're both kind of bullish dollar. I certainly think that we're going to see continued downside. Like we've seen that descending trend line going all the way back to like somewhere around the 28th of July and prices just keeps bouncing off that level. And again, it's done it there on Thursday. And we yeah. saw that kind of rejection and price bounce back up off that again. But certainly if we do look for another test at that level, it's probably looking at somewhere around that 106, uh, 106 level. Yeah. I, th- I think as well, you know, even if we're looking back to last week, that 106.80 level, we've seen a bit of consolidation throughout. That's 
106.80 up to 107.50. Seen the yep. consolidation through that all week. Uh, then on Friday, you came up the retest, find a bit of rejection. So I think, you know, any for me, any short entries in around there will probably be um, supported. And you know something, John and I would be looking to run this down to probably about 105.50. To be quite honest, I think that's just going to be right. the next target for you. If you are looking at a chart, you kind of go back to around um, you know, February, March 2023. You'll see how that 105.40 level really acts as strong support. Um, looking back then, obviously, to May and June, we've seen a bit of support coming in at where current price is now. So we're kind of at a like a, a moderate support level. But if we break yeah. through that, the next strong support level will be that 105.40 kind of level. Sure. Agreed. Um, yeah. So. That's the downside. The upside again going back is probably somewhere around that 170. If we do get a strong break, the 1750, uh, 10750 is, is certainly another uh, cap to the upside. But even if we do see a bit of a, a bounce here, I certainly see a continuation of the downside. Yeah, I mean, you know what I posted in the app on Sunday, all about interest rates and the differentials between the two rates. You know, for us to see a very strong Euro USD, I think what you would need to see is definitely the Fed cut rates a lot quicker than what the ECB yeah. are going to cut rates. And do I see that in the next 12 months? No, I, I definitely don't. You know, so for here, I see that if if somebody tells me that the risk certainly isn't to the downside, I'm going to say that the reward certainly isn't to the upside, that it's just going to move sideways then. Yeah, you know? agreed. Agreed. Um, have a quick look at dollar yen. Um I was kind of expecting kind of a more of an attack to the upside earlier on this month, if I'm honest. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but price seems to have just keeps getting rejected around that kind of, you know, 148, 147 kind of 50 level as well. I mean, it, it just it just seems it just can't break through there. I mean, what's obviously dollars kind of uh, softened a bit, um, which has helped. But, you know, what do you see from here? Yeah, I mean, I think we're just up at the at that sort of area now where a lot of people are anticipating, you know, some intervention from the BOJ. That's that's probably one of the main things. And you know, are you really going to get many buyers now looking to go from one forty eight to one fifty, then just to see intervention and not being able to grab the liquidity to get out of the, those positions? Probably yeah. not. So you're going to you you are going to be stuck in that kind of range bound area for now. I mean, we see um, is it Japanese inflation later on this week. And um, we also see so that might actually look at a turn of events as well. And then there's also been some um, commentary as well in the headlines around um, yields in Japan, maybe potentially turning positive and things like that. So you could see a bit of not inflow of money into Japan, but less um, domestic invest, more domestic investment into Japan rather than maybe international investment from Japanese investors there. So that could right. just be enough to sort of hold Japanese yen up there just for now, I think. But again, if we do see a hawkish FOMC, then that will probably push it up higher. But sure. as, as I've said, with the threat of intervention there, it's just going to be a stick area, I think, for now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, technically, it's still bullish. I, I'm still kind of bullish as well. Yeah, technically still bullish. But I, I, I would definitely say if, you, if you're looking to trade something, it, it, it probably wouldn't be the one to go for. I mean, no. there's there's a lot of risks there. It's on, it's on the watch list, all right, but not, yeah. um, I mean, at the moment, uh, pound dollar, evil, Again, good old evil, yeah, similar to the euro dollar in, in the fact that it's just continuing that pressure to the downside. Um, you know, that. it's again, it's flatlining and it, it within that kind of 124 level seems to just be a kind of near time barrier, near term barrier at the moment. Um, again, if we do see any positive. Here, I'm still thinking like 124.50 is going to cap any upside. Um, and I see continued downside also. So what's your view? Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of, 
took that short position on cable I posted in the app um from one twenty what was it one twenty five thirty that was yeah. last week. It's obviously ran down quite nice, looking to take profit around that one twenty three, which is just kind of under the fifty week moving average uh, or just above it. Sorry, and yeah. and I think now what we're seeing this week, if you if you look at it on a weekly chart, there's actually a nice kind of area there between one twenty four and kind of 124.40, 124.50. And we've yeah. just came up, retested that area uh, of today. And now I think we're just going to see price moving back down towards that 123 if we see um, a bit of a hawkish FOMC. And the thing is, we don't even need to see a hawkish FOMC for that. We just need to see a dovish Bank of England. And if we actually if we actually see both, then we'll we'll see the move exaggerated. So I think there's, there's definitely the risks to cable here, certainly to the downside, I think. So any short positions here, I think, will be um, favoured a lot more than any long positions, and any short positions will certainly be paid off a lot better than long positions. I think, as you said, long positions are going to be capped at certain levels, but the downside here is pretty much open. Sure, absolutely. Any any other views on any other crosses? I mean, so some of the other crosses, you know, that I would um, kind of look at would be the likes of Aussie dollar, things like that. Um, yeah. USD CAD, especially when you're starting to talk a bit about oil. You know, I think USD CAD as well. It's quite an interesting one. We're starting to see oil prices push up um WTI pushing up above 91. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, start of September, we've seen USD CAD sort of just rejecting off this 137 and now making it to move down. So we're seeing a stronger dollar, but we're also seeing a stronger oil price and it's really making a reluctant USD CAD there and finding it somehow um, somewhat hard to trade. As such, uh, we also have Canadian data as well coming out tomorrow. So a lot of that's probably going to play in there. But I think for now, I'm just focusing on the majors, uh, looking at Euro USD, looking at cable. And I think those are the only ones that are kind of tradable at the minute. Some of the exotic pairs as well are also looking very good. Uh, USD, Norwegian Krone, um, Mexican as well, USD, MEX, also looking very good. Obviously, the US biggest trading partners now, lo- now no longer China. It's actually Mexico. So yeah. you wouldn't believe that, but it is. So started seeing a lot of money moving in around there. So for me, that's where the, a lot of volatility is at in FX pairs. But again, to trade that takes a high leverage to cut, or not a high leverage to count, but a lot of margin to trade with. Sometimes that isn't really worth it with the high stop losses you have to uh, keep on it. So, I think for now, best thing is to do is stick with the majors: USD, Euro USD, cable, etc. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, let's have a quick look at gold. Yeah, I'm. I think we we've had the same view on gold for you know quite a long time now. Really, what did nearly May right through to July there you know we've been calling it short and it really hasn't moved you know, I, you know something just looking at it weekly I thought it moved a lot more than what it did you know from July there to now it's only down really what's that 55 sort of points you know it's not I thought it was down a lot more but we said from there from that sort of 2000 level it was definitely going to drop all the way down to 1900 to which it did um, about a month ago there remember it broke below 1900 rallied all the way up to 1950 and now back down to 1900 and then last week we seen it rallying back up to 1930 where we're currently at now so I still think we're going to see some resistance there around that 1930 to come back down to 1900 and I think as we discussed as well one time there's a level there at 1900 there's another level at 1930 there's another level again at around 1940 1950 and you're just going to be playing those levels every every time you see a breakout I don't think there's going to be um a rally through one of those levels so i think you just have to wait for the breakout there 
it's just it's it's catalyst you know it needs a catalyst to break out any of that of that range simple as you know yeah i mean the strong dollar that we're seeing the last few weeks um is obviously putting sell side pressure really on on gold but also you know what we're seeing coming out over the weekend is you know chinese chinese gold import tariffs are being dropped we're also seeing um you know turkey also buying up a lot of gold as well so just seeing those kind of headlines is probably what's stopping it going below 1900 um really for now yeah agreed um let's have a quick look at maybe some european indices a bit of movement late last week yeah a bit of movement last week also also even a bit of movement today you know, we're seeing on the DAX there, DAX is down nearly 1% a day. Eurostock's 50 is down 1%. You know, uh, Friday they're seeing some big moves, especially in, in the DAX. You know, we've seen a rally there all the way up to sort of 16,000. Well, if we actually start earlier in the week, we've seen DAX finding the support of 15,600, ran all the way up to 16,000, and now has found rejection there and it's currently sitting at 15,700. Yeah. So a lot of moving about there, a lot of asking about and I think a lot of that really just comes from the ECB. You know, obviously we've seen the hike of 25 basis points up to 4%, uh, signal that they're more than likely done. So that's just creating some uncertainty in the market. Markets are like, right, rates are 4%, they're higher, but they're also saying that they're done. But then markets are also looking towards the US thinking, well, if they're going to continue to hike, is there maybe something we're missing out on if European inflation in- continues to increase, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think that that one kind of that sixteen, that sixteen hundred level is just it's you know it it's, doesn't seem like it's going to be breached anytime soon. No, yeah. and I mean, whenever price was up there, you know, Christine Lagarde from the ECB she came out and said that you know they've they've already revised growth down, you know, for the next two to three years. So certainly yeah. that's just going to put a lot of pressure on European uh, indices definitely for now. Yeah, agreed. Uh, as opposed to. Finish it off. I mean, any stocks on the watch list? I mean, obviously, I actually spoke to you just before this podcast just about Netflix. Obviously, we've seen a quite a strong sell-off in Netflix since uh, uh, Newman, the CFO, <clears throat> came out at the Bank of America conference. I think he discussed how margins are tighter than expected, but he hopes to see a bit of a turnaround. Now we're going to see kind of that, that password sharing stopped and, and, and other um, potential advertising streams coming in, but um certainly one to watch i mean it's really just trying to see the bottom of the sell-off and it, is that now or is we you know is there any more to, to fall from here is the question but certainly potential buying opportunities i think in the near term i'm just going to hold off for now but i see where price goes from here yeah i mean i think that the password sharing thing was obviously one of the big things for netflix you know i mean everybody's been guilty of using it and then whenever we start we stop seeing that you know a lot of people were just going to cancel you know as well as that i haven't actually done an amazing deal of research into this sort of idea around Netflix, but you know, how seasonal are is their revenues? You know, that's one question oh. I was always going to ask myself. I mean, would you ever take up a Netflix re- subscription in May, June, July, or August? More than likely not. But will you start to pick up a revenue subscription in, in October, November, December? You're probably going to, you know, so you could start, I mean, you could start to see earnings at the back end of next year or the front end of next year, sorry, looking to increase. Agreed. And look, you know, when we seen them highs back in what November of twenty one, and that huge drop off from there. I mean, we've seen that that slow growth within that. But you know, since that time, a lot of competitors have come into that space. I mean, look mm-hmm. at you know Paramount, look at Disney Plus, and all these guys are really ramping up their streaming services. And I think that's just going to put more more um, pressure on the likes of Netflix. But you know, they seem to keep pulling them out of the box. You know, and 
you know, I just think yeah. it's not going anywhere anytime soon, whether we're going to see the growth potential or not. I'm yeah. Not and, sure. and I mean, you know, we're also seeing in the markets as well, these like fire sticks and, you know, things like that, the legal ones, illegal ones, a lot That's of things a, like that. Yeah. You know, there's, there's always a lot of competitors like that. And I mean, you know, it used to be you could probably count in one hand how many people had one of these illegal sticks. However, now I can't count in one hand how many people actually have a Netflix subscription. Yeah, you know, yeah, I know, I know yeah. a lot of people quite personal that are actually canceling Netflix and and tuning into these sort of boxes. Yeah, you know, it's like what seventy pound a year or seventy pound up front, or something like that, and you well, get like right or wrong. It's you know, especially as people are getting squeezed, you know, costs are going up and so on. You yeah, know, I, people... I, I, I'm not here to argue whether it's right or wrong. I'm just arguing the facts that that it's happening, and exactly, you know, yeah. and, and that's what it's going to be. As you say, if consumers are getting squeezed, they're going to turn to alternatives, and whether it's right or wrong, it isn't going to bring the money into Netflix. Yeah, agreed. You know, so what's what's on your watch list? I mean, one that's on my watch list now is is, is kind of looking at US airlines. Um, one of them in particular, United. Um, mm. you know, when I started looking at them, stock price was up at around forty eight. Now, now dropping down to forty four. You know, I sort of project by year end, they'll they'll kind of just be sub forty, maybe even at forty. And I think you know a lot of that's obviously coming from um, higher fuel costs. So we're seeing obviously oil prices increase. So you're going to see uh, ticket fares increase potentially in. Well, not ticket first, but costs increasing. For United, how much can they increase ticket prices? Well, that's going to be very subjective. I don't think the consumer is going to be really ready for that yet. Um, seasonal as well, right? Yeah, well, see, seasonal usually airlines can do quite well, you know, when it comes up to Thanksgiving and things like that. But again, it's, it is just a tricky market because was it was it Spirit or Frontier? I can't remember. It was Spirit or Frontier. Uh, airlines came out and said that there was a drastic change in uh, booking. So they came out and announced that there was a drastic change, that bookings just weren't really going the way they usually went. And I think that's going to be reflective of, of nearly a lot of airlines now. Um, we also had that period coming out of COVID. Everybody wanted to fly. Everybody had vouchers. Everybody had savings. Whereas now people don't have savings. Um, business meetings are potentially returning back to Zoom calls because you know costs are just mounting too much for businesses. So I, I do think we could start to see um, price moving down there. Going around yeah. that 40. Obviously, a lot more in-depth analysis I do have for that on the app. Um, just kind of finalizing the sheet at the moment where I'm going to share that for people so they can actually take a good read at it. Before we close off, how's the portfolio going? Obviously, you're running a demo portfolio within the two Lux trading app. Um, how's that going? I'll tell you right now, I know that the portfolio started at 200,000 in, was it May? Was it May or April it started? And we're currently at about 220,000. So it's up nice. over 10, it's up over 10% at the minute. I'll, I'm just getting it up right here. It's just loading. What's the S&P up now? So portfolio, let me see. Portfolio is up 10.14%. S&P is up 7%. So, <laughs> nice. It's so always good to beat the S&P. <laughs> yes. So we're, we're beating the S&P and... You know, I mean, we we probably could have done a lot better. You know, there's a few positions in there we could have took profit on a lot earlier. There's a few positions we could have changed out and things. But, you know, we're trying to keep it as simple as possible just to show people um, really how our portfolios run, you know, the metrics in behind it and, and things like that, you know. So sure. going quite good. I mean, there is how many stocks in it? 20 stocks in it, um, all with around 10,000 sort of each. So, yeah, up, I mean, 10% is quite good. Nice, nice. I mean, our, um our worst so, week was twenty six hundred down. That was our worst ever week. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. What's so our best week? Best week is seventy seven seventy seven hundred. Nice. So you you can sort of see the volatility of the portfolios, and there's not a lot of volatility in it, which is a good thing. But returns are also quite strong. So overall, a very good portfolio. 
yeah, brilliant. I mean, if, if anybody's listening and they want to hear a few quick stats, mean returns 0.46, standard deviation annualized is only 8.8%. So very, very low. Gross sharps 3, 3.0 and Sertinio 7.63. So go Google them, knock yourselves out, feel free. Nice, no <laughs> risk portfolio. Um, yeah. Awesome. So look, guys, I suppose the story this week is just to watch out for any volatility kind of coming up um, Wednesday, Thursday, really. Um, we're not going to see a whole lot of movement until then, I don't think. Um, mm. But yeah, just watch your stop losses, um, look for these trends, and let's see if we can make some money. Yep, sounds good. Awesome. All right, Jonathan. Thanks, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers. 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 See you in the next Take one. Bye-bye.